I'm McKinney Smith. In 2009, while going through a divorce, I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship. In 2012, I lost my sister and asked myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hey, Legacy Leavers, thank you for joining us in the Awaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show in the world where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their voice so they can create impact, prosperity, and legacy. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding. But what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Tori Geiger. She's an entrepreneur and a congenital heart defect survivor. She's gone under uh, multiple open heart surgeries and procedures throughout her life, sharing her story of resilience and lessons for living victoriously. Tori is a best-selling author of the book, From Vulnerable to Victorious, Turning Your Chronic Illness into Your Victory Story with a Heart for Others Affected by Chronic Illness, such as CHD. Tori started a lifestyle blog where she shares lifestyle and chronic illness tips, and part of her mission is having a heart that beats for others. And to help other chronic illness warriors achieve a life of fulfillment and impact. My kind of girl. <laughs> Please welcome to the show, Tori. <laughs> Hello. It's so great to be here. I just love legacy leavers. Like, yes, like that's yes. what we are here to do. So I yes. love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I love interviewing women like yourself that, um, you know, our mission and our passion align. So anytime I hear a woman who is making an impact and serving using her story, I'm all about it. So thank you for saying yes and agreeing to come on and share your journey with us. Yes, thank you for having me. Okay, before we get to where you are presently, I love to, you know, start at the very beginning. Because as kids, we have these vivid imaginations. And um, before society starts to limit us and try to, you know, shape who we become, you know, we have these fantasies of what we want to be or who we want to be. So I would love to know, what did Tori want to be when she was a little girl? Yes, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a doctor. I specifically wanted to either be a radiologist or a cardiologist. And I think I just had some seed within me that knew my heart story was meant to be used in some capacity. And I thought that was in the medical field. Um, That did not happen, especially after (laughs) some traumatic events in the ER. I don't like needles anymore. I I hate IVs. So doctor route was not the route for me. Um, But that was originally when I was little, I'd go to the library and read books on radiology and weird things like that. I think I was in like third grade. Um, I guess I was just determined at that age, but that, that was who Tori wanted to be growing up. <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, I, I read that you were given a slim chance of survival due to your heart defect at, at birth. And here you are, yes. like making such a great impact, you know, a, a blessing to everyone who comes in contact with you. Like, 
how does that make you feel? It's honestly, like you said, it's, it's a blessing. Like, I think I've learned that my story is a blessing and mm-hmm. that we're given those things that we've walked through to be able to do that for others. I think it lights my fire every single day. That's why I get up in the morning is to be able to have conversations with women that are affected by chronic illness, CHD, and just say, you got it, girl. Like, you don't know even how much you are learning right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And use that for so many things in your life that number one can help you reach dreams that you have on your heart. But two, you can help others in the process, which is the most rewarding experience. Like when you talk, I'm, I get, how do I say this? Like I'm an empath. So sometimes when people are talking to me and I'm really feeling what they're saying, either I get emotional or I get goosebumps, I get all these things. So I'm, I'm feeling it right now. I'm feeling it. Like (laughs) what, I guess what gets me is like, I literally have a daughter your age and I know that, you know, your, your heart story has given you the strength to truly go after your dreams and to live this victorious life. So I want to know, how did you learn at such a young age, the importance of sharing your story? I think it happened because in high school, I had a very traumatic experience that forced me to have to open up and share with people. Um, To give you a little bit of a glimpse, I was a avid athlete. And in high school, I was ambulance from a high school basketball game and defibrillated three times in the ER um, to avoid sudden cardiac arrest. And I was basically wheeled out on a stretcher in front of most of the student body um, as a 14 year old in, you know, freshman year of high school. Um, and most people up until that point didn't know my story. And so that forced me to have to say, yes, like this is something I've been living with that you can't see, you can't see the scars, but it's something I'm living with. And that was a moment that I actually was able to tell people, yeah, it's what makes me kind of me. And Mm -hmm. people were like, wow, that blesses me. Like you give me hope. And I think that was my first taste of, oh, (laughs) the things that I walk through this pain that is was awful. That scary traumatic event, almost facing death was an opportunity now to be able to speak into people's lives and help them. And Mm -hmm. I think that was the start of it. Wow. You just said you had to be defibrillated (laughs) three times. Yeah. Your, your life is literally a blessing. Like how, how does that even change your, your view of, of life? It gives you a sense of urgency to, to really live with purpose. I think there, I, I learned a lot of lessons about what urgency really is. Urgency doesn't come out of fear. Don't live your life because you're fearful and you're trying to get to the next thing. Live it out of purpose. So have that urgency every single day because you're trying to live your life with purpose. I think I was faced with that question really early on of like, what legacy do I want to leave on mm. the earth? Because when you're you know, laying in an ER hospital bed and you're thinking this is the end, those thoughts of, did I make a mark? What, how will people remember me were things I was thinking about as a 14 year old. Wow. <laughs> and so that just, I think gave me more of like a fervency to just keep going after things after that event. Wow. Like for you to have to deal with that at such a, a young age, like I know myself included, but all the women that I've interviewed on the show or even conversations that I've just had with women in my network, whenever someone has either had a near-death experience or lost someone that is super, super close to them, it shifts their perspective on life. It uh, gives you more of a sense of urgency, more of a sense of living with purpose. And you had to 
discovered that at such a young age for you to like, I think my aha moment of thinking about my legacy was in 2012 when my sister passed. And that was the first yeah. time I had asked myself that question. Mind you, I was in my thirties. So to be at that point thinking, you know, what do I want my legacy to be, but you got a head start girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't wish that upon anybody <laughs> to have to go through that, but I think it was a blessing in disguise. Um, I think it literally gave my life purpose. I think up until that point in my life, you know, I, I was born with this congenital heart defect. I had open heart surgeries when I was a baby and that was kind of my parents' story growing up kind of thing of what they had to deal with when I was a baby. But it really became like my own story when mm-hmm. I had to go through it in high school. And I think up until that point, I just pretended to be normal mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, cause no one could tell. And then it hit me in the face kind of, of like, no, you're not normal, <laughs> but that's what makes you unique and gives you the ability to do what you're doing. Right. You know, you, you spoke about, I guess the time when you were 14 and everyone found out in that moment, what you know, you had been experiencing and, you know, they, they didn't know any difference until that point. I realized again, with other women that I've had these conversations with also including myself, cause I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder um, back in 2006, yeah. but it's like, people have no idea what you're actually dealing with on a day to day basis, because it's not yeah. a quote unquote visible disability. Um, exactly. How, how do you think that's, I guess, allowed you to live differently from anyone else, I guess, people who don't have chronic illness. I think I, I, in a way think of it as like my superpower because it's what has made me, me like the resiliency I have. I know as a business owner, I am so much more creative because I have to be (laughs) like, (laughs) I have to be resourceful. And I think it helps me serve clients better. It helps me just serve better and people ask me like, what has made you like a successful business owner or different things like that? And I'm just like, honestly, like it's what I've gone through with my CHD that truly has shaped me to give me skills. Like I have so much more empathy <laughs> for mm-hmm. people um, going through things. And so for me, I own, I'm an accounting nerd, finance nerd. So I, I have a couple companies I run, but my, my first business I had and still have is a bookkeeping and small business consulting company. And people are like, how does that relate to like accounting? And I'm like, well, I'm working with people that are twice my age on their accounting (laughs) and on their things because they trust me. And there's that people skill of working with different personalities that comes from having to live with CHD and work with different personalities of nurses, doctors, and uh, be resourceful. (laughs) Wow. I mean, you you just spoke to your superpower, which, you know, was something I love to ask the women that come on the show about, you know, what do you feel that your superpower is, but you just really gave us that answer. Like, you know, the listeners can't see my background, but that's literally what I have on my wall right there. Resilience is my superpower. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Usually when someone has been through some life changing experiences or through um, any forms of major adversity or struggle. Um, you hit the nail on the head where you said, you know, it forces you to have more empathy for people. You know, sometimes people don't realize in their own situations how I'm going to say one track mind or narrow minded, but they're, they're not looking at the perspective of the other person. Right. Yeah. Um, on top of that blessing of being able to have empathy for the people that you're working with, do you feel that there's any other positive character traits or abilities 
that dealing with chronic illness has given you? I think for me, what it, I've been able to pull things out of people. <laughs> like my love language is like gifts of affirmation. And I feel like when I connect with people and I like see, and they might tell me something about themselves, I'm like, I see this in you. <laughs> or like, mm-hmm. I see that. And I think that comes from having to also do a lot of get to know yourself <laughs> when you have a chronic illness, because I, I'm asked by a lot of people, like, how do you bounce back? And I'm like, well, I know who I am. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and my chronic, my chronic illness doesn't define me or what I'm capable of. And I know who I am at my core. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that allows me to bounce back when something happens. I have an ER visit, I have a new diagnosis, like, it helps me just do that. And that's what I'm just, when you get to know yourself so well, mm-hmm. then you're able to then help other people, like pull things out of them that yes. you see. Yes, absolutely. Mastering yourself first. I think a lot of people are so busy focusing on other people and, you know, their faults and their journeys and not looking at yes. themselves. But the more that you're able to understand you, the better it helps yes. you to understand other people. Totally. And I think in high school, I was forced to have to get to know myself because I was just thinking and going through all these emotions. And I'm going, what? What's happening? <laughs> like, and just experiencing fear and anger at just different levels. When you're a 14 year old, it's not, you know, the normal, maybe like angsty teen. It's like, you're actually like, you face death <laughs> as a 14 year old. Like that's mm-hmm. a different thing. I think um, it just, it makes all the difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you married your college sweetheart, correct? Yes, I did. Yes. (laughs) So anytime we have, you know, love stories, I'm a lover of love. Um, I always like to (laughs) to touch on that because we can't forget our support systems, right? So for those who are listening, like how, how has he been able to handle your journey? I think for him, he didn't know at first that I had a heart condition when we first started dating. And then, you know, we, I walked him through like, okay, this is kind of the reality (laughs) of living and being married to somebody if we take this to the next level. And he was like, heck yeah, like this is what makes you, you. Um, And I think it's something he celebrates about Mm -hmm. me, which is so empowering because like I said, it makes me me and he recognizes that. But his support is amazing. He's He checks in with me um, with different things. Like I'll have times when I'm experiencing different symptoms. Um, but he also is a good chunk of hands off because I'm very self-reliant. I'm very independent. <laughs> independent woman. Kind of, yes. And so um, he does a very good job of giving me that space, but still making sure that I'm not overdoing different things because I'm a I'm a Enneagram three an achiever and mm-hmm. so I I like to just go after things and he'll be like okay like don't overdo it right. <laughs> so he's great in that role <laughs> love it love it what advice would you give to a woman that is listening right now that I'm, I'm thinking of some of the questions that come into my dms you know there's there's women who have chronic illness or chronic disorders and they have I'm going to say trouble staying in relationships So is there any advice that you would give to a woman that is listening to be able to build that connection with their partner and for their partner to be able to understand what you're dealing with or what you're going through? Yeah, I think one, it's knowing yourself extremely well. So you know how you react in your needs. Um, I think it's, um, I don't want to say a mistake, that might not be the right word, but it's not good to jump into a relationship without knowing yourself very well, especially when you have a chronic illness. I think that's my number one advice. I think two 
the type of people that you're looking for, I think it comes down to values. Do you have shared values with them? Mm -hmm. If not, walk away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can't, you can't force them to have your values. Um, And I think the other thing is that person that you find needs to celebrate that about you. It's not something you shouldn't ever feel like you're a burden to them. If it's something that they celebrate about you, that's the right type of person that you're Mm -hmm. with. But I mean, I think Dev and I started talking about values and about kind of vision for our lives pretty early on in our relationship. And that made me know that he was serious. And two, it introduced me being able to talk about my heart condition and say, well, this is my vision of what I've seen for Mm -hmm. my future because of what I've gone through. And so I think when you're able to do that and set that vision, you know you're on the right path with someone. If you can't do that with someone, I, I, I'd walk away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For someone like yourself who you said, you know, you're a go-getter, you're a high achiever. How do you stay motivated? Like, what do you do on a regular basis that keeps you motivated? Because I know also when you're dealing with any form of chronic illness or disorders or anything like that, you know, you have your days where you don't have the energy, you don't feel like it. Like, what does Tori do? Yes. As cliche as it sounds, I have a really great morning routine. (laughs) Um, It helps me. It's full of meditation. It's full of reading. It's just infusing myself with the person that I want to be, (laughs) if that makes sense. And um, I do it every single morning. Not every morning looks the same. I don't hold myself to the pressure of like every single like thing has to be the same, but it's just taking that time, whether it's 20 minutes, whether it's an hour in the morning, whatever I have to at least pour something into my cup before I start the day. I think that's the number one important thing that helps me stay motivated. If I stop doing that, I'm pouring out of an empty cup. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't work. Absolutely. And so that's, that's what I do. Having a morning routine is so important because that's probably the only part of our day where we can actually control, you know, when the day yes. gets going and things happen and, you know, you got to adjust and, and pivot as the day goes through. But having that morning routine, having some consistency, being able to, um, you know, have those healthy habits in place. I think are definitely important. I think it also helps when I'm having a time of overwhelm or something's happened. I have these different kind of practices to fall back on so I can kind of reset myself. So if I'm just having a day where I'm just completely exhausted and I'm overdoing it and I'm overwhelmed, I can take a step back. I can go and just take a second to read, kind of just drop myself down a little bit Mm -hmm. from that level 10. And it helps me just kind of recenter, regroup, and move forward. <laughs> mm. So, so what keeps you up at night? Like, you know, sometimes we, yeah. we look at all the things that excite us and keep us motivated, but then, you know, sometimes we're laying there in bed at night and our mo- mind is, you know, wandering about all the things that we have no control over or that we want to do. Like what keeps you up at night? I'd say it's, I have the entrepreneur mind. So I would say it's new ideas popping into my head at random times at night. And I just want to act on all of them. I would say it's also that never ending to-do list. I think that's the other side of when you, you have that purpose and you're driven and you're excited. There's this never ending to-do list of I can always be doing more too. So I think it never ends. And so I think I've had to really work on reframing how I see my to-do list and how I take it as a win or a success 
each day is not necessarily what I accomplished on my to-do list. It's more, did I have impact that day? Was I intentional that day? Did I grow today versus did I mark everything off on my to-do list? Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm sitting at bed at night just going, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, so, and my husband is one of those people that can just conk out so fast and I'll just lie awake, just replaying mm-hmm. the day of I should have, you know, done this at this time versus this time. So if that answers your question, that's what keeps me up at night. Completely, completely. Like, okay, so when the pandemic hit, a lot of entrepreneurs had to either pivot or adjust. Um, Some entrepreneurs were able to thrive. Others, you know, had to close their business down. Like, how has the pandemic affected how you serve and make an impact? Honestly, we grew the most during the pandemic, just because, especially in the financial kind of industry, at least that one company, and then also doing uh, my blog, people were just craving help from other people. And uh, in the financial business that I have, people were asking for help. And if you could problem solve and help kind of handhold a little bit and serve in that capacity, that helped us just grow. And we grew by referral. We tripled in size this last year, last couple of years because of that. Um, and then on the blog side, I think people were just hungry for connection mm-hmm. and it was great. It's, it's been able to help me just connect with so many more people that I think are on social media mm-hmm. now <laughs> because of the pandemic. It's while I don't like the pandemic whatsoever, I wish it would go away. It has brought blessings for sure. Absolutely. There's, there's good in all things and there's bad in all things, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> So, okay, so with dealing with being a wife and an entrepreneur and having a chronic illness, like, how do you take care of you? What does Tori's self-care routine look like? Yes, it's working out. I love a good workout. I'm a runner. I I was a track athlete. I was not a runner in track. I was a jumper, but I've gotten into running lately. Doing that, spending time with friends. I am an introvert, so I technically refuel by myself. So I do need alone time. Um, I like reading. I read a lot of books and I journal a lot, love writing. Those are things I just do in my alone time that recharge me and getting outdoors. I'd say those are my main things that if I'm having a heavy week, you can probably bet that my weekend's going to be filled with most of those types of activities. (laughs) Love it. Love it. I love hearing a good, healthy, uh, self-care routine. (laughs) I'm, I'm all about that. (laughs) It's needed. That's like, it seems so simple but, to have a self-care routine, but it's it's not as simple always to get it done. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. So before we go to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell people where they can stay connected with you online and learn more from you and about you. Yes. Come chat with me on Instagram. Um, you can find me at Tori Joy Geiger, or you can come over to my website at ToriJoyGeiger.com and connect with my blog there. There's lots of chronic illness resources um, all across there. Um, And you can find my book on Amazon. Um, Just type in From Vulnerable to Victorious. And you don't have to type in the subtitle all the time to (laughs) pop it up. But um, that's a great way to get the book. Awesome. Awesome. So I'll definitely have the details to connect with you in the details section of the episode. And they won't have to search. They can just click and connect directly. Perfect. Nice and easy. Nice and easy. (laughs) So the final segment of the show, I call it a walk in her wisdom. 
And um, I want to say it's like a rapid fire, but it's really not rapid because I'm going to ask you to unpack if I really want to get into it. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Okay. What's the worst advice you've ever received? I would say that you have to buy into hustle culture. I know that's not like the advice, but the people that buy into hustle culture saying you have to give like buy your time or like you have to like prove yourself in that hustle culture mentality mm-hmm. um, where you're working 24 seven. That's what success is. Mm-hmm. Um, that success is time. I disagree. And I've learned that through my entrepreneurship um, journey that that's not true. And you can have impact and a sustainable life without buying into hustle culture. I agree 1000%. Like, well, here's, here's, I guess this is one of the questions that we're going to unpack because I, yeah. I used to be one of those people that believed in work hard, play hard, that whole hustle culture. Yes. I've been an entrepreneur since maybe 2009. And I believe like the first maybe 10 years of that, um, I believed in the hustle culture. And then after dealing with severe health challenges and going through my healing journey, and I had the opportunity to slow down and to take better care of myself and to realize how the hustle <laughs> was slowly killing yeah. me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right? And I prioritized self-care and I was still working continuously and being consistent. But that's when I actually started to multiply my income. That's when I actually started to have the energy to uh, deal with clients. That's where I had the more creative ideas to come up, you know, to, to be able to focus and to do things with purpose. So I no longer believe in the hustle culture. I am totally 1000% team self-care. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> 1000%. I just, <laughs> I think starting off, I had clients telling me, Oh, yeah, you gotta, you just gotta earn it. You gotta earn your stripes of, you know, working until 2-3am. And that's the norm that you have to do for the next, you know, 5-10 years, if you want to have a successful business. And I was like, well, I want to have a successful life, yeah. <laughs> not just a successful business. And so I think if we can teach young women entrepreneurs, not to buy into that, um, mm-hmm. that it, you can have a sustainable self-care, everything, and still reach your goals. It's, yeah. I think that makes a difference in our world. <laughs> Absolutely. Like even what you just said about, you know, not just having a successful business, but having a successful life, like having yeah. a, a life that you enjoy holistically. Um, I think yes. that's important. I mean, there's no such thing as absolute balance, but that's a healthier yeah. balance, um, yeah. balanced yeah. way to live. I was thinking of, um, you know, there's certain practices and certain uh, habits that, and I believe because of social media, some of those things become heightened. But if a certain thought leader believes a certain thing, then all of a sudden everyone believes that that's for them. And I truly believe that not everything is for everyone. Just like when the pandemic first hit and everyone's like, well, if you're not working, you're not doing anything. But I truly believe that the pandemic, when it first hit, whatever your body, spirit, mind, whatever needed at that time, if it was rest, it was time for you to rest. If it was time for you to hit the pavement running, then it's time for you to pay pavement running. So when people say things like, you know, you need to stay up until 2am as an entrepreneur, or you have to wake up at 5am as an entrepreneur, that doesn't work for everyone. And if you Mm -hmm. study a lot of billionaires and, and people who are successful as entrepreneurs, yeah, you may have the Robin Sharmas who believe in the 5am club, but then there's people like Jay-Z or whoever else that wakes up at like eight o'clock in the morning. They're still billionaires. Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> it's which methodology you want to choose. <laughs> exactly. What works best for you, yeah. right? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what's the best advice you've ever received? I would say the best advice that I've ever received is to write down what I'm going through. That was advice that was given from my grandma. She was a writer. And when I was going through those things in high school, she told me, write it down. She did not tell me why (laughs) to write it down. Um, I figured that out for myself. One, it helped me so much just process things. And two, it gave me the foundation to be able to share it with other people, which is um, just an incredible gift Mm -hmm. to be able to take what I've gone through and do that. I think everyone should journal. (laughs) Personally, I think we should all take the time to write down what we're going through, write down stories of things we've gone through, the highs, the lows, because later on in life, I mean, even if you don't get a book published or you don't, you know, have these enormous saving the world type dreams, you know, your grandkids or kids someday can find that in those words, the things you've lived through your life is a legacy. And mm-hmm. so you can do that through writing. Um, so that's the best advice that's changed my world. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I, I truly agree with you on that. I'm a big fan of journaling. Um, one, because I believe sometimes we don't know how to communicate how we're feeling to other people, or we may yeah. have feelings that they're going to judge us or receive it wrong or what have you. But being able to write down how you feel, that's a safe space for you to say exactly what is going on inside of you. And you're able to like detox, even if it's negative thoughts to get them out. So they're not, you know, consuming you, right? You're it's a form of expressing um, that that energy and that vibration. So I'm a huge believer in journaling. And to your point about, you know, if your grandkids find it later, like that was one reason why I created my gratitude journal, because it's like compiling all of your greatest memories into a book that can be a keepsake down the line. Right. Yeah. Um, I've listened to a couple of different podcast episodes where it's like they found journals from people, you know, back during other traumatic times, whether it be um, the Holocaust or through other things where they found their journals and they were able to be inspired by what they wrote in their journals of how they were able to um, get through those hard times and learn from them, learn about not only that time, but that that person's strength and resilience. I think it also tells us so much about where we get our values from. My grandpa recently passed away this last in the last year. And when people were speaking, yeah, when people were speaking at his memorial, they were just sharing all these different stories. And he was a writer as well. Um, But just it clicked in my mind of like, okay, I get where so much of my values and things came from, or that hard work or things that have been literally maybe passed down from generations through things that they've gone through, like being in the depression or different Mm -hmm. things like that. And so I think it helps us know a little bit to where we came from. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's one of the biggest failures that you've had in the past year? And what did it teach you? I would say my biggest failures is taking on too much and saying yes to too many people. I early on had really hard time setting boundaries with people and it literally ran me over um, to the point where we had to like down, basically downscale how many clients we had and different things like that, where I was at the point where my health was starting to get not great. And it was because I couldn't say no to people and I wanted to people please and 
I wanted to help them and it came out of a, a place of goodness, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was like slowly just, I hated our company. I hated what I was doing um, because I had overdone it. And so I think my, my failure was not saying no and also not asking for help. Mm-hmm. I think I tried to just do it all myself. And rather than I had all these employees or my husband who also runs the business with me to ask for help or advice on whether or not, you know, I should, you know, take on this client. So you, you got to set boundaries. Yeah. Otherwise, you're you're going to get railroaded. <laughs> <You think there's laughs> That's what happened to me. There some great points like, you know, l- learning to say no. You know, a lot of people as new entrepreneurs they're afraid to say no. They feel like they have to say yes to everything in order to be successful. And that's not true. I'm a a firm believer, Mm -hmm. especially now in once you know your purpose and you know what aligns with your core values, you can say no to everything else, right? You know, you talked about that, the having boundaries because people, people will basically treat you how you teach them to treat you. And sometimes if they don't see a boundary there, they're pushing on that boundary. Like, and the more they push, like that makes you realize you're the reason I need this boundary. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, working with clients, I remember I got to a point, it was during the pandemic and we were growing so much. Um, It was kind of probably the start of the pandemic. And I got a message from them like, oh, you're just like me. It was like midnight and I was working on stuff, emailing them. And stuff. He was like, yeah, you never stop working. This is great. And I was like, oh, no. And so it set that precedent with that client. And I've had to break it with that client Mm -hmm. and just set really firm boundaries because they honestly thought that they could still message me or send me things and expect a reply at 12 a.m. or different things like that. And so I've gotten really good (laughs) at really showing that boundary. Good, good. I love that. I love that. Okay, so last but not least, what new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? I would say the habit has honestly been a morning routine. I know that might sound cliche, but that has changed my life. I didn't really have much of a routine, maybe in college or different things, but once I was out of college and I started doing that, I was a better person. Um, I think you are what you practice. Um, Mm. and I think you can form those habits to help you become a better you as cliche as that sounds. You're, I want to constantly be striving to be better each day. And when I wasn't pouring in or having a morning habit or taking that time, I didn't like the person I became (laughs) Mm -hmm. because stress and everything can tend to form you to have those bad habits that turn you into a person that you don't like (laughs) very Mm -hmm. much and isn't the person that you're supposed to be. And so I think I've learned over the last year, probably, I would say last, probably last three years since starting our company, that taking intentional time to have that morning routine and have that time of brainstorming and creative thinking in my morning routine is what is going to help me keep moving forward. If I don't do it, I'm going to get stuck. Yeah, absolutely. The results are in the routine. You know, um, a lot of things may sound cliche, but it's true, right? People may brush things off as, yeah, that's just a quote or that's just something people say. But if you actually dig into some of those things and understand the, like where they come from and how they actually affect you, um, you'll realize how true they really are. And 
what we do, the actions that we take, that's where our results come from. So it's it's not what we read, it's not what we listen to, it's the action we take from that. And the routine of those things, that's where your results are. We can say what our values are all the time, but if our actions don't actually show it, (laughs) it's not maybe really your value. And so I think that's how we make sure our values are aligning is when we're taking that time to do that. Absolutely. Tori, is there any question that you feel that I haven't asked that maybe there's information that you want to share with the listeners, a message that you want to share with the listeners? I would say my message I want people to know is just share your story. Whatever level, whatever your comfortability level is, share your story in some capacity, whether that's just even just writing, you know, in a journal and you're sharing it maybe with yourself, like you're not quite comfortable to go out and spread it with social media. That's awesome. I would say take the time to tell people what even what you've gone through. If you're at a level of vulnerability in different relationships or you you feel like you have that purpose, I think we've all been given a story. We've all been given a victory story. We can choose to find the different things in our lives that are blessings, whether they were hard times or not, and we can share those with others. So I would say live your life with that mentality of how can I bless people with what I've gone through? And Mm -hmm. I think it will change how you live. Absolutely. I love that. I I told that like, that's what I'm all about. (laughs) I totally (laughs) like everything is about owning your story, sharing your story because your story may be about you, but it's not only for you and it can save someone else. It can inspire someone else to do greater. It can be the blueprint for someone else to walk in their greatness. You know, sometimes people feel like their story isn't enough or they don't have a big story. You don't need a big story. It's it's your truth. Mm -hmm. Whatever lessons that you're learning along the way, like whatever lessons you come out of the school of hard knocks with, (laughs) that's the lessons part, you know, the part of your life that you should be um, out there sharing and using to inspire others. So I just want to thank you so much, Tori, for sharing your story and your wisdom. Like you're just a beautiful soul. I love your energy. Thank you so, so much for everything you do and the impact that you're making. Thank you so much for having me. It's why I love your podcast and what you're doing. So thanks. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you so, so much. And to all of you legacy leavers out there until next time, subscribe on all platforms. Don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple podcast. And it's because of all of you who continue to listen each week why the show even ranks in the top 1.5% of most popular shows in the world. That's out of almost 2.8 million podcasts. (laughs) So I just want to thank every single one of you. And I want to ask if you've received value from today's show, or if you can think of someone that has a chronic illness that needs to hear Tori's story, that can gain value from her wisdom, please share it with them. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag us on Instagram. You can tag Tori at Tori Joy Gregor and you can tag myself at The Real Mikini Smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling. <laughs> <laughs>